0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to our latest edition of Claret and Blue podcast. Um, I'm Matt Kendrick with me, Ashley Priest, and we're joined by um, a very special guest today. Now, you're going to have to forgive me for this, but I am going to sing you in. The Scottish Cafu, the Scottish Cafu, Alan Hutton, the Scottish Cafu. I presume Alan, it's better when kind of twenty thousand people sing it from the whole ten than then just me.
1: It sounds a little bit better. I'm not going to lie, but no, I'm happy with that introduction.
0: Thanks for joining us. What we're going to do, we're going to take um, take you back on a trip down memory lane, and we're going to go through. I don't know, was it, was it a roller coaster or a road to redemption? I think is the way of calling it. Your time at Aston Villa. Um, now we know that you've had a, a great career internationally for scotland you've played for spurs for rangers lots of other clubs we don't care about that today alan if you don't mind we're just talking about Perfect. aston villa <laughs> so go back to the summer of 2011 uh, alex mcleish has just taken over at the club and it was a bit of a race against time, wasn't it, to get you and you and Jermaine through the door in time for deadline day? Oh yeah, it was. We were minutes out, but we, we were kind of panicking a little bit.
1: Don't know why it had taken so long. There was a there was a lot of back and forth the days prior. I was with Scotland, as as I can recall, and I drove down. So I was thinking everything was was going to get done,
0: but it did kind of take a little
1: time, and I did have a little
0: panic. You know, we see the drama of it, the Jim White side of deadline day. What's it like as a player when you? you think your head, your, your mindset is that you think you're going to be at this new club but until it's signed and sealed you're not 100% sure oh well, it's a nightmare uh, to be honest with you I mean it's a whole host of different
1: emotions uh, I was coming out of obviously Tottenham I was desperate to get out it wasn't really working for me under Harry Redknapp I was away in pre-season and see that way you're a little bit grumpy you don't want to be there because you want to move on to the next chapter if you want so it ran on and it ran on and it was taking forever and like I said I'm up in Scotland at the time So I'm racing down to try and get there in time. Jermaine's meeting me there. The clock's ticking past. You know you've got this deadline to make. You need to do your scans. You need to see the doctor. You need to make sure everything's A-OK. At the end of the day, the club's paying money for you. So they have to make sure the the investment's good. But honestly, the, the emotions is all over the place. So when it finally got done, you could just And then that ride back up to Scotland to meet back up with the Scotland team was just, it was easy after that because you knew everything was sorted.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask how the move came about. Pretty obvious, Alex McLeish. Pretty strong, uh, strong ties with him.
1: Oh, absolutely. Still to this day, uh, I think. Obviously, growing up, he was the kind of the main man at Rangers. Uh, when I was kind of coming through the ranks, obviously, Dick Advocate before him. But uh, he was the one that brought me into the first team, gave me my debut. Didn't go exactly to plan. If I'm totally honest, I was still a bit young, playing away from home. It wasn't a great debut, but. He kind of stuck by me, uh, kept on playing me, gave me my debut at Scotland as well, brought me down to Aston Villa. He, d- he knew what I was capable of, uh, I think that was the main thing, he knew what he was kind of getting and if I wasn't having an off day I'd always give 110% so he, he kind of knew what he, was, what he was bringing to the team.
0: Do you think looking back or even in when you were living in the moment then that Alex was on a hiding to nothing given... A that he'd moved across the city, and B that he'd arrived at Villa when Villa were probably in a little bit of decline, given that they've been knocking on knocking on the European door for, for years prior.
1: It was in the back of my mind. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and being one of the signings coming in under his kind of tenure, you're thinking, right? Well, how will they look at me? Scottish as well. Is it going to like, affect me moving forward? So it was there, but. It was kind of down to me to, to then go and prove myself and show myself, probably just much like the manager, but I did feel for him knowing that he came across, across obviously from, from the other lot uh, into to Villa. It was always going to be a little bit tricky for him if he didn't kind of hit the ground running. So thankfully he signed me, obviously looking back on it, but yeah, I, I did feel for him at stages
0: you feel a little bit kind of guilty by association when 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 it turned for him almost as if you were you were kind of tainted, I know Alex is a great bloke but do you know what I mean, almost kind of tainted by being being his man?
1: Yeah I think you can be uh, I think obviously his big signing that summer was Charles and I think and it didn't exactly go to plan for him neither, I probably didn't have the best season neither uh, like I said I kind of threw my toys out the pram a little bit with Tottenham didn't really do a pre-season, came in thinking right I'm ready to go and I wasn't like to be quite honest with you that's the the kind of long and short of it but you do feel that you are going to maybe get tainted a little bit but as I said it's really up to me to then go and prove myself.
2: Is this what, what the dressing was like at the time a bit of experience here Gabby, Hiskey, Bente, and obviously had the Rungers, Bannon and that what was the first season like in general?
1: I mean I was looking about and thinking we could do something here I, 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 we didn't have the best season at the end up but That's not how I went into it. I mean, I was looking round. There was so much quality. Uh, Carlos Coelho, Gabby, uh, and Zolbia just came in for big money. You had Big Ginge, Dunny, Walnut. There was so much experience and talent. So for it not to go to plan, I think that probably kind of hurt the most. And I think it kind of affected
0: us all. Can I ask, I'm wondering off script here, but can I ask a question about your reputation as this kind of hard man? Because there's been times where, as a Villa fan, we've looked at you and we thought, Yes, we'll have that. Even as a Villa fan, there's been times where we've looked and we've winced and we thought, Christ, I'm glad I'm not on the other end of that. Is that some, Is that just Is that the glass Glass waging in you? Is that? Is that your upbringing? Or? Yeah,
1: well, I think to start off with, I mean, when you come through at Rangers, you have to be tough. I mean, the fans can be difficult, uh, the noise round about, the kind of circus that goes along with it. So you have to be that kind of thick-skinned way and, and be quite tough. And like I said, you always have to give 110%. You're brought up to at least be doing that. So I kind of got labelled with it when I was younger, Like they used to always the papers used to write, and oh, there he goes, the red mist has come down again. And I tried to curb it, but I did do that to a certain extent, but I think if you do it too much, a little bit goes out your game. So I kind of had to sometimes play on that line. Funnily, enough, I liked if somebody early smashed me if, in a game, because it would get me angry, and it would get me going, about I'd be like, right, okay.
2: John was the same at Chelsea last
1: week. I've remembered that, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? So he hit me, right, okay, well, you're in my book then I'll get you back
0: and that kind of spurred me on and got me going but I know sometimes I did play close to the line it's really interesting that I'm going to ask you for a little bit of fatherly advice here because my son he's 15 now and he played in a semi-final a couple of weeks ago and he's a centre half and he's quite tall but he's quite a gentle ball playing centre half rather than a yeah. you know and somebody elbowed, elbowed him in the face first first couple of minutes and he's lips bleeding and the referee's given nothing but from then on he's like a man possessed but it's it's a controlled rage and it's I suppose the question is, and I don't know if you know, you probably need to pay, pay for the service of a sports psychiatrist but or psychologist, but how do you get that? How do, you, how do I get him to start the game like that?
1: Yeah, no, it's difficult. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I would kind of look for an opportunity to maybe tackle somebody or get tight to somebody so they would react to it and maybe swing around and try and push me and then I would feed off it. Uh, it's like I loved going to away grounds. I liked, I loved going to Celtic Park because the fans would go mental at me, and I would run up and do my warm up right next to the crowd, so they would batter me. And I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, right, I'm up for it now," because I just wanted to go and shut them up and prove them wrong. So it's kind of it's a fine line.
0: In terms of fine lines, is it difficult to keep that within the laws of the game? Because I, I don't I don't think you've ever been. You've always been a competitive. Combat, combative player, but you've never been. I don't think. Well, maybe, maybe there's a couple of cases. Yeah, I'll probably
1: mention a couple. Of, no, there's, there's been times. Obviously, the Van Persie one where I get sent off, I lost my head. He said something to me. I'm not, obviously not going to repeat it, but like, he said something to me that riled me up, and I just lost the plot. And then that was it. So that, that's my own fault for, for losing it. The, the one with Berahino was probably oh. over <laughs> the score. There's been a couple of tackles along the way. I, I would never, ever set out to hurt anybody. Like, let's just get that across like, there's you miss time tackles certain things happen little bit of red miss but you never go out intentionally to hurt anyone
0: it was a bit of a slog that season I think I've, I've always said in the past that kind of Big Ech managed to keep Villa open in instalments because I think there's a lot of draws <laughs> towards the end uh, obviously the win against Fulham I think when Vyman scored was the one that 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 um, that, that, that got the club over the line. Did it surprise you, given that you thought there were pockets of quality in that dressing room, that it, that it was a slog? Did you think it would probably be a more comfortable mid-table season?
1: Oh, definitely. I think whenever you're going to move to a club, you, you look at the squad, you look at how they play, what they've done previously, and I was looking at that thinking, that's a good move for me. Me as a player attacking full-back, the, the players that are already there, I thought it would be a comfortable season and then something to go and build on. Uh you can't just switch on and off, that was my problem, like I said, I don't think I was quite ready, I don't think the fans seen exactly what it was all about from the word go and then the pressure kind of heaps, the team's not doing quite well, they're looking at you as if we've just brought you in, we need some more and it becomes difficult. I remember, I'm sure it was the last game of that season or the second last game against Tottenham and I then snapped my ankle ligaments it was Danny Rose and he gets sent off. And I was just thinking, that, that just kind of sums it up. I've not had the best season. I've now done this. I need to go and get an o- operation.
0: So towards the end, it was difficult. Little did you know then that you wouldn't play for Aston Villa again for another two and <laughs> two years and, th- and three months. But so you're injured. Villa have just got over the line and then the manager's gone. What's that feel like when the bloke who's brought you in, is no more? It's hard. It's hard because
1: you, you can't help but feel that you've let him down he's brought you to the club to make them better and you've not been at the standard that you want to so you you feel that you've let him down you've let the club down yourself, everybody so you're thinking to yourself I need to go back into pre-season I need to be strong fit rearing to go hit the ground running because I need to kind of show everybody what I'm what I'm all about and obviously when we heard Paul Lambert was coming in I was thinking Oh, here we go right brilliant right he obviously knows me well he knows what I'm capable of all the rest of it I said I'm going to work really hard this off season, and I did because I was in a boot, I had to get the operation. So I made sure that I came back fit uh, and, and kind of ready to go. So when Lambert got the job, my initial reaction was I'm happy with us. Mm-hmm.
2: And then what happened? I mean, so Matty Louden. Oh, is I'll... what happened in that <laughs> summer?
1: <laughs> we come back into pre season, and I've worked honestly probably the hardest I've, I've ever done to, to get back. So I'm thinking, he loves attacking fullbacks. backs, uh, I'll fit into this plan, excellent. So I think we played, I'm sure it was, it somebody was like for Forrest, it was a pre-season game and they spanked us. It was like 3-0 or something. Can't remember, was it? I think it was Forest. So I've been training really hard, mind you, because you're still, everybody starts from scratch. Matty Loughton, I'm sure he would have been in, but then a few other kind of younger boys, I was thinking, right, opportunity. But after that game, he pulls him into his office. Right, so, that's out of the blue, by the way. Pulls him out of the office and he's like, Alan, uh, just so you know, uh, as of on Monday, uh, you're going to be in with under 23s in the changing room, uh, I need to work with the squad that I'm going forward with for the, the season. So I'm like, I swear I'm going to smash this table in a minute. I said, see, like, see that way, that you're waiting for somebody to come out and go, ah, I've done you. Yeah. I was like, is he joking here? Yeah. And then sure enough, Monday morning, no stuff there. And they're like, even all the other boys are going, what's going on here? Like, What's happening? And then as you know, the bomb squad that were through there could at one stage probably beat the team yeah. that was playing <laughs> yeah, yeah. really light like, if everybody was on form. So it was a, a bitter pill to swallow.
0: It, it was, oof, I mean, I could tell you some story. I mean, it, it was difficult real difficult so when he's delivering that message is he a little bit awkward and apologetic or is it this is my club you do what I say or how did it come across so I don't think
1: he was ever the best one to one right uh, man, man management alright but yeah that was a little bit awkward as if he didn't really want to tell me or he didn't know how I was going to react to it but he always and to this day it still tells me that it wasn't his decision which mm, I don't know but he said the club were going in a different direction. There was a lot of players within the squad that they wanted to, to obviously get out. Uh, Stevie Island, Charles and they were kind of like that way, Darren Bent, uh, Barry Bannon, myself, think Shea Given was there at one stage. They brought in a lot of young players that I'd never seen before. Uh, and it's no, no disrespect to them. I just, I, I hadn't, it was from lower leagues. And I remember saying to myself, we'll see where this goes in. Mm. And then, Throughout like, the coming months, and I had a strange relationship because I literally never spoke to anybody in the first team. I, I, I couldn't because it, it hurt me. It, it, it proper hurt me. And I hardly spoke to anybody. Uh, and every couple of weeks, the manager would pull me into his office. He'd but like, how are you, Alan? And I'd be like, I'm fine. And Villa weren't doing exactly, they weren't flying high. And I would always say to him, Gaffer, if you need me, I'm here. Because in my head, I wasn't leaving. Other boys were desperate to get out. I don't know why I wasn't desperate to get out. But I just says, I've got three years left here. So I'm not going anywhere. I've only signed that season. I said, I've still got a lot to give. And I just always left the conversation with, Gaff, if you need me, I'm here. And that's kind of how we progressed at the start.
0: So do you think, I mean, have you been told or is it obvious that this was purely purely financial? You're recruiting players from, like you say, League one, I think signed Ashley Westwood, Matt Lowton, I think Joe Bennett was was, you know Jordan Bowery, lots of players from that level. It suggests that the people on Premier League money needed to go out the door. Was that ever was that ever explained to you that way?
1: No. But I had a good idea that's what was happening, they were going a different direction, which is fine, but I mean there was there was boys in there that were I'm not gonna get into figures, but double what I was on. Right. So I was kinda thinking Mm, it doesn't really add up But I was like Fair enough If you as a club Have made a decision I've been here a year And you want me out And X, Y, and Z out That's fine I said But I believe That I, I can give more Than what's there And I'm going to stay I'm not in a rush to leave And then like, I kept on saying I'm here the, the biggest thing for me In that period of time Was I had the Scotland games And Scotland was massive Strachan was huge for me they probably I told him a few times But he probably doesn't realise How much It meant so much because I was solely focused on that. That kind of got me through what was a tough period because I knew when I went up there, if I gave them all, I would play. Yeah.
0: So that kind of kept you physically and mentally and emotionally spot on, because it could have been, it could have sulked, couldn't you? You could have could have gone into your shell and completely sulked. So it was that Scotland thing that just gave that little, little light, if you like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could have went in there and went just bananas every day and caused an absolute nightmare. Because like I said, it wasn't like the team was setting Heather alight neither. And I was having to train with the 23s. So, Kev McDonald, he was a big part. He helped me along. Sid, he was there. He helped me. But I had this kind of focus to say, right, well, I need to be fit. I can't turn up and not be fit because if it's only Scotland games that I'm going to be playing, I need to be at the top of my game. So I was doing extra running. I was working in the gym. But like I said, it was strange because see all these boys that they signed and it wasn't me. I wasn't being an arse or trying to be. I wasn't talking to them Mm. because I was thinking, right, well, if yous don't want me and this is how I'm being treated, then fine. Obviously, I still had relationships with a lot of the players, but it was like they were over there and I was here. And it was the manager that done that. Remember, it wasn't me. I didn't decide to do that. So I was like, if you want me to be separate, that's fine. I'll be separate. And then... Obviously, just tried to work hard on a couple of loans and stuff, but it, it, that was the hardest time in my career, those couple of years.
2: I was going to ask about, quick about the, the loan, Mallorca one stands out, Madrid at the Bernabeu. was
1: it? Oh, it was then, <laughs> oh, it was strange. I got a phone call from my agent asking about it, and I think there was an agent involved called John Viola that I knew with Barry Ferguson from back in Glasgow, and he said, Real Mallorca, and I'm honestly, I'm going, is that a team? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, that's a holiday place, is it? No. I says, he's at it. I says, good one. I'm like, he says, no, no, seriously. He says, like, they fancy you. Like, he's got connections over there. They're looking for a fullback. They think you'd fit in. So I'm, as I said to you before, right on the squad list. I'm like, who's there? Don't know, don't know. DeSantos. I was like, oh, DeSantos is there that I played with Tottenham. I was like, I'll go then. (laughs) And honestly, it happened just like overnight. But I knew, even with obviously the other loan moves, that I had to play games. Like it was as simple as I couldn't sit there because I don't know when this is going to come to an end. I had to go and play somewhere, even if it was like short-term loans or whatever. But when the Mallorca one came up to the end of the season, I was like, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. And what a time it was! Yeah. It was amazing. Like the weather was brilliant. Playing in the Bernabéu, the new camp, uh, against Valencia away. Like getting a new culture away from like the burden of what had happened. Like the kind of pressure that I felt under. And I couldn't have changed it. The funniest thing that came out of that actually was so when I came back obviously into pre-season, do you remember they signed a left back Luna? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, how'd that happen? Right, if you don't if you're not bothered with me and I just felt like out with the odd chat with the manager, like they didn't really care about me, which was fine. They kind of set out their stall but I was like and then you've went and bought a player that I played with that season, I was like what is going on here <laughs> I was like it was just so strange but that was crazy, good times though
0: What was it, um, I don't know how to phrase this, as, as a fair skinned man with not much hair myself I'd probably find it difficult to sit and read a book in those temperatures <laughs> let, let alone to kind of tear around on a training pitch and a football pitch, what was it like in terms of the climate See, mind,
1: I look very fair at this moment in time but Believe it or not, I actually tan really well, so it was like, it was perfect for me, but a lot of the games are late at night, it's, do you know what I mean, there was, was games getting kicked off at like half ten at night and stuff, so it was it was a lot cooler, just the whole, everything about it, it was like all the boys used to finish up and it's not like back in the old days, oh there was a Monday club and you went for a pint, you'd done it. they going sitting on the beach with a coffee and, do you know what I mean, a wee pastry or something that, right at the start, I'm going... What's happening? They're like the first, One of the first meals, right? So obviously I'm over there myself. Kids and Missy's are coming out every time they can. So we go out for a team meal, big room like this. We're all sitting there. I think there was a Champions League game on. Sit, have a dinner. They're all drinking their, their gins and their big fishbowl things. I'm wondering what's going on. So after we all finished up and I'm going, right, what's, what, what, what are you doing now? It's maybe about, I don't know, half 10, 11. he went, okay, right, Alan, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. All went shot up the road. I was going, what's going on here? Just different cultures, but it was good to, to experience all.
0: But there's quite. wasn't there a decent expat community there as well who kind of welcomed you as kind of one of their own, I
1: suppose? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think everybody was just really friendly. Uh, the, the team over there was big. Although, like, the stadium was big, but they didn't pack it out. Mm. But uh, got behind you and they wanted you to do well. And it was just... I don't know how to explain it. It's just a total different atmosphere from here. It's like, imagine all the football here and you're playing zero pressure, zero nothing. It's, the manager used to say to me, Alan, go and enjoy. And that's how he used to say, go, enjoy, Run, up, down, up, down, just, and nice. that was that. Yeah, nice. And he was just like, just go and, doesn't matter. He said, if we get beat, we get beat. He said, we're, we're going out to try and win and play good football. He said,
0: that's what it is. Yeah. I was thinking, wow. But this is not non-league, you know, this, you're playing against some, some of the world's greatest players. Yeah, absolutely, week. absolutely. I mean, I, I actually
1: got close, fun enough, to scoring in the Bernabeu with header. And at the time, I was just thinking, oh, like, what is going on here? I mean, I'd been to Barcelona with like, Rangers, I'd, I'd already kind of experienced that, but to go again and play in all these different atmospheres against some of the best players in the world, I mean, I've got a cracking picture of me at the Bernabeu up against Ronaldo. I know I've played against them before, but it was just, you don't expect that. like to be playing in that league against them. So, some amazing memories, and I think at that period is what I needed, because if I stayed where I was, I mean, who knows what would have happened. And what's
0: your Spanish like now? Can you hold a conversation?
1: To cerveza, por favor. That's as far as it gets.
0: Oh, brilliant. The, the Spanish loan spell is the almost like a gap year, in a way, where you go and experience a, a new culture. What's it like? Because I think it was was it Forest, a spell on loan at Forest and a spell on loan at Bolton as well, yeah. briefly. What's it like? That is that like a new day at school when you, when you move to a club, just temporarily? Or?
1: A little bit, because I think sometimes they look at you coming from that team, and they're saying, right, well, come on then. Show like, shows what you got type thing. And you feel under the spotlight a wee bit. But again, really good groups, really good boys. They welcomed me in. I mean, the difficult thing is I'm travelling to these places because I don't want to stay anywhere. Right, so I'm driving up, driving back, and it's far. It's not like it's just round the corner. So it was difficult. I love my time at Forest. That was really good. But ultimately, I knew how had to play games. That that was the goal, to, to play as many as I can. Whether it be to move on, to get back in the, the Villa fold, whatever it was, I, I had
0: to play football. So even, you know, the time's elapsed now and you're still no nearer to Villa, but you still hadn't, in your heart of hearts, given up the chance that you, you could, were you thinking you might need a change your manager or? Maybe, kind that went through
1: my, my thought process that if it is him, it doesn't fancy me. I mean, everything's going through my head. Is it because he's Celtic, and he doesn't like me because I'm Rangers? Like, I'm. T- everything's going through your head. You're thinking, why? why, why, me? Like, you're not trying to tell me that all these players are better than what I can do. Like, even give me an opportunity, like, to show you. And I kept, like, I said, I kept on saying to him, like, Gaffer, I know you're, the team's struggling. I said, but I'm, I'm here if you need me. And I kept on telling him, eh, you know, it's not me, Alan. You know, it's not me, and I went, Right, fine, whatever. And then walked out. But just when I think back at it, I mean. I just knew, given the opportunity, that I could go and
0: prove that I was good enough to play in that team. Fast forward now, we're now in the summer of 2014. What's changed? So that must have been the end of the season where
1: they just stayed up, Went not Under Lambert. He calls me, I'm thinking it's just a, a normal chat. And he said, uh, I'm going to bring you back in at the start of the season. Like, how would you feel? I went, no problem, Gaffer. You tell me when I need to be in. What days pre-season, and I went blah 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 blah, and I went perfect, and I went that's the opportunity I've been waiting for, and I went away, and obviously uh, I worked hard because I knew, and it was it was like a relief. I kind of like right, this is what I've been waiting for, and it's probably uh, it took too long to come, but it's came at a time where I knew I could make sure I was right and like, say it was mid-season, yeah. and it was like, right, Alan, I'm gonna bring you back in, and he went, right, on you go. Yeah. There's no way I'd have been ready for yeah. a Premier League game. Yeah. Like, no chance, I'd been out too long. Yeah. So this gave, gave me an opportunity. I think we went away to America. I think somewhere in America, was it Houston? Or, yeah, Houston and Dallas, wasn't it, yeah. And I was flying, yeah. absolutely flying. I just remember, that I felt the fittest I'd felt in a while. I was flying up and down. Uh, crossing assists, uh, having shots. See that way you just you know something just is clicked. And I'm like, I'll I'll start here. Like I, that's the, the, the feeling that I got. And then I I got back and the biggest bombshell ever, I think it was they'd offered Gabby a new deal, I'm pretty sure round about then. And then they offered me a new deal, right? So ma- can you imagine? I've been out for these two seasons, right? I get Spoken to. I want to bring you back in. I'm in pre-season. I've had a right good pre-season. Like normally, I don't really speak like that about myself, but I, I've had a right good pre-season. I know I'm in a good place. I played all the games. I'm playing really well. Get back, Paul Lambert, I'm, I'm going to get you a new deal. I'm what? Like, I'm actually going to. Are you serious here? And I said, right. Well, I want all the. I want all the years that I've let that I've missed there. So I want them plus. And he went, right. And they sorted it out and I remember just walking out and I'm going, that's just how crazy football is. I'm going back to my missus, like, so, see, for that time, like, I, I must have been an arse to live with, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I must have been, even though I didn't realise at the time, I must have been a nightmare. So, I'm going back in like that as I'm walking on clouds and that and going, <laughs> they've just offered me a new deal, can you believe that? I, I didn't know, I was like, uh, uh, until I signed this, I, I don't know if they're being honest here, but... From there, obviously that was the opportunity I needed. People don't understand. They talk about it a lot, but you don't understand Like confidence is absolutely everything. I mean, you're not trying to tell me there's a player that's made it to the Premier League or whatever, what league, championship, whatever. They're a bad player. Like They've obviously got something like the amount of people that make it through to be professional is tiny, so they're, they're good players. But they might be injured, no confidence, whatever. But sometimes everything just clicks. And it was that pre-season for me that I just felt back to even like my Rangers days or the first six, seven months when I went to Tottenham, that's how I felt. Just really sharp, fit, aggressive, uh, everything felt good. So I knew that I was ready to go. Was you close to leaving before Lambert called you back
2: in for the new contract? So after Mallorca?
1: Yeah, so when I was at Mallorca, Mallorca actually went down yeah. and they wanted me to sign. Uh, and even though they went down, they were saying, this is the plans for the future, this is what's going to happen. I was that close, I had stuff packed up, I was, I was close to going and I had, I had other options, but because I had, I didn't really know them that well, I didn't really fancy it if, if that's the truth. So I was very close. And then when this started coming round, I was just like, oh my God. So I was like, Mrs. Zena to unpack everything like we're staying. But I think we'd done all right. But that being said, looking around, it wasn't like the squad that I walked into initially. Like I'm, I'm looking at a lot of young, you know, some obviously, a lot of talent there, but still young uh, and I thought it could be a struggle.
0: So he either kind of went young lower leagues or kind of tried to spot, talent spot across Europe and... and... A kind of fairly cheap recruitment spree across Europe, I think.
1: So I think they've tried to go a certain direction with the young kids coming through. They obviously had something or they wouldn't have been there and it didn't quite work, but they had done enough to stay in the league. And I think looking ahead, they could see that if we don't do something, we are going to go down. There's only so many years, I think, you can be lucky to to escape it. And that's why I think he brought me back in. Experience, whatever you want to call it. I think that was that was part of it.
0: Do you think that you almost surprised him with your kindness in a way? In terms, you took those years in the bomb squad or whatever, or have been out of favour, with such good manners and okay, gaffer, that's up to you. But I'm here whenever. Yeah. Do you think that almost I mean, was that hard to do? And do you think he, do you think he was expecting more? Do you think they expected you to throw your toys and leave? A hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I think they put me into that under 23s originally for me to blow up and go, I'm out of here, I'm, I'm gone, whatever. And they would have maybe cut their losses and sent me to whoever, but if they were probably shocked that how, how has he stayed here this length of time? And I, I still am, because that's two years I lost. Like, technically, I could have went and played somewhere else. Looking back on it, I'm glad I obviously didn't yeah. because everything worked out. The hardest two years of my football career by an absolute country mile. And still to this day, I'm surprised that I got through it. Mm. I just tried to focus on other things. Obviously, I had my family here when I, even though I probably was a pain at times, when I came back, I tried to just switch off it. Saturdays and stuff, switch off, go in Monday to Friday, whatever I was doing, work hard, do my work, be aggressive with it, come home, and and that's it. And, and just wait and see what happens, but, phew, I, I don't really think about it mm-hmm. Until now till we've all brought it up Like I, I, I genuinely Didn't think about it I bet you there was some Real highs and lows Within there That I've probably put To the back of my mind But yeah d- a Difficult time I
2: just wonder if he was Out the Scotland pitch At the time as well What would have happened then Because that was your focus I guess
1: Yeah so That kind of kept me On a straight and narrow yeah, again So right. every every campaign Even though we weren't Qualifying for, for Tournaments and stuff uh it kind of kept me where I had to be and something to focus on if, if I wasn't on a loan or whatever that was always there and like I said Strachan was brilliant I'd always turn up and he would always play me which was actually incredible when you think about it like a guy who's in a bomb squad not playing and you turn up for your international team and you're playing against some of the biggest nations it's as Would you playing
0: any under 23 games or anything? No
1: chance so they, I, they, I think they tried it uh, at the start and I went in to see the manager and I said listen that was probably the only time that I would be, not aggressive in a bad way, but I would say, yous have chose to do this to me, don't dare try and put me in the 23s because it's not going to help anybody. And I, just, I was open and honest, I said, it's not going to help me because I'll lose my head. I said, it's not going to help the young players because they're going to see me losing my head. I said, I'm willing to go and train with them, I'll give it my all. And I was that way because they, that's their careers. Yeah. I'm not going to kick them and do something stupid. that That's their career also. It takes the space of one of them as well, doesn't exactly. it? They've got an emerging right back exactly. and that's to get game. Of course. So their career's on the line as well, so I'm not that stupid. So that's why I said to them, just don't ask me again and we'll be fine. I said, you do you, I'll do me until it's time to meet back up and we'll all be fine.
0: So when you are back in, not only are you back in, but you've got your fitness up to that level where you're playing Premier League football week in week out, you're pretty much, you know, give or take a few games. You're pretty much ever present that season. So, you know, how was that from being a complete kind of on the on the fringes to to being being a main man again?
1: Yeah, it's obviously strange. It's it's been a while to to have that feeling, but ultimately, I still knew that I had had to show everybody it's, it's, it's all right having a a decent pre-season where nobody can see and there's no much pressure but it's when you get the the whole end roaring and do you know what i mean and it's like you're running up and down and you're maybe getting the ball in it's like oh come on because there's still some moans and groans don't it It wasn't perfect i still knew that i had to show every single week but that's that's a driving thing for me like like i said to you about the crowd when i go and play at parkhead or at birmingham or whatever there's still going to be ups and downs I'm not going to play a 10 out of 10 every week But I know I'll, I'll run for a brick wall for you like, it's, it's as simple as that
2: Ben Teke, had big was he for Paul Lambert and, and yourself in that season?
1: I'll never forget So, you'll remember as well Do you remember that stage where Paul Lambert He went away to Germany And he met, who was he? Did he go for a yeah. meeting with Pep? He Pep right? he at, by Munich and at Munich oh, so I think f- that was the beginning of the end <laughs> For me, like as, as, as I remember it We would pass teams to death and not go over halfway line. I, like, do you remember that? We never had a shot and goal. Yeah. So, Ben Teki was the main man. Like The moves he got, he deserved it. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for him, but he was an absolute monster Like on his day. Like, I was marking him at training and that, and you just know he's just big, aggressive, arms everywhere, good sh- like shot, head and ability. He was brilliant. Did we play to your strengths? Towards in absolutely not. He had, let me get this right, so he had... Guzan who god love him he wasn't a great ball player no. right you had full back out the corner flag so we're mind we're doing this in training the two centre backs to split the edge of the box uh, midfielder to come back in, and he's basically saying which is right, but you need a certain type of player to be able to do it. He says whoever gets the ball, if you make angles, so if it comes to me out in the corner flag, uh, you should have your your winger come in, your full your centre half go out, your midfielder come across. You should have three options every single time. I went okay, I said it's easy to say, so we're doing it in training, and the other team's taking the ball off is not scoring. Right? Yeah, yeah. But he's like stick with it, stick with it, you'll get it, you'll get it. And then I remember doing it in games and. I actually remember the crowd's reaction when we went and stood there. Like They were screaming at the back of me, what are you doing? Got up the pitch and all that, right? So Brad, with his big curly toes, big size 13, hooks it up to you. You're getting chased down. You play it back into your winger. It goes back to goose and he scruffs it long. And then it was just, boom, the crowd was on. and We went through X amount of games without having a shot on us.
0: Remember we had the posters in the whole end with... um.
1: the the, the arrows (laughs) the gold's here (laughs) no. so I was like this isn't working and he he continued to kind of go along with it for a while but that was Mm. you know there's something round the corner when that happens
0: do you think that was the beginning of the end do you think he was a a muddled manager by then he was just trying to kind of reach out for any system that he could to try and a
1: little bit and look see towards the end I had a good relationship with him like, even though everything that happened, I was willing to put that to the side and had a good relationship. But I, I did feel towards the end that he was searching for something. He maybe knew that it wasn't going quite as well as what he'd hoped. And he was looking for this, I don't know, something to just fall on his lap and just work and everything be A-OK. But you can't just do that. Like A team that's scrapping like towards the, the the bottom. Like you can't just decide that I'm going to be a, a possession-based play uh, team and just pass teams off the park and then score the perfect goal. It's not going to happen.
0: Well, like I say, especially when your main, your main man, Benteke, is isolated up front and not even seeing the ball.
1: Because what you do is when you've got him playing, you get the ball out wide, you cross it in the box. Yeah. You, you play nice balls in his chest where he can hold it up. He can roll people, turn, play one, twos. It was good with his feet as well. You play to his strengths and get him to score the goals when you're at the bottom.
2: Mm. Team, I, I was team when you come in. Yeah, Sherwood.
1: Sure yeah. Yeah. Different. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit different. I mean, an, another really nice guy. Like, he's a, a, again. I, I don't really have a bad word to say him. I mean, he was a good guy. I didn't really like his number two at the time. Yeah. I thought he was a little bit. See, one of the guys you just keep your eye on. I'm, I'm no sure about him. But he was in, in fact. I think it was his first game. I think he'd just taken over and. We were playing Leicester, was it a cup game? I don't know if it was a cup game or he a He was in the game. stand for that one. Aye. Uh, yeah. He came in, he had a, a chat with everybody, which I thought was good, because I would have done that if I was a manager, and he was basically saying, look, everybody, you get your opportunity under me. So we all knew he was sitting there, and I scored that day, so I was like, yeah, I yeah. good start that is. But I, I obviously thought he was he was going to be good for us. He'd had that experience at a big team, playing, there was a lot of egos within that team as well. that he'd. Dealt with the old daddy by orange, you know, all that. But aye, I wasn't totally sure and how the, the, the land would lie moving forward.
0: I think look, looking back in it from a fan's point of view, it seemed to be Villa needed that short, sharp shock to get us over the line. And he delivered that, but you just wondered whether, well. I'm not sure you can manage like that season after season. You know what I mean? It was almost like this, for, this sheer force of personality came in. And I think what I found about it when Sherwood came in was that previous managers had probably had to talk Villa's expectations down a little bit because it wasn't the Martin O'Neill years. But Sherwood came in and said, no, we're Aston Villa, and almost kind of, you know, give it the old thing, vain thing, didn't he? And almost breathed a little bit of life back into the fan, the yeah, fan base.
1: It did because
0: he's got a big personality. And even
1: to this day as a pundit, he says what he wants to say, whatever he believes, that's what he's going to say. He's not going to kind of back down to anybody. And I think, especially at the start, we all got a little bit of that kind of arrogance. Do you know what I mean? When he walked in, he was all smartly dressed and he had his favorites like uh like of Gabby and, and and all them, they had a wee close circle way, would show them who they were going to sign and, and that, which I found was a wee bit, because as the other players, especially like the kind of older experienced ones, you're like, what, what does that mean? Could you yeah. kind of read into it as a player, it's like a soap opera in there at times, like at, at every club all this goes on, so you're kind of, how's this going to kind of pan out for myself? But obviously I started having that kind of back and forth with Bakuna, because again, As a guy, I didn't really get on with him. Uh, As a football player, I thought he had a lot of talent. He, He would run about, his delivery was good. He had great energy, so I knew it was going to be a battle for the play. So, like I said, I think it was kind of Sherwood's number two that really took a shine into him at one stage, which made it quite difficult for me.
0: So I suppose it was job done in the sense that Sherwood kept kept Villa up again and I don't want to dwell on this too much because as a Villa fan it still still hurts but got to the cup final um, we've not won the bloody thing since 1957 still still haven't and I think we actually we went as a fan base we, we turned up at Wembley that day with a, a thought that we got a chance of winning well, it did.
1: Well, did. So, well I'll tell you what I'll, I'll start from the semi-final so me and Gabby are injured travelling down with the team I think I had a hamstring he possibly did as well so as it turns out, looking back, that was probably our final, kind of, if you know what I mean, right? With the whole jack situation and kind of busting yeah. through and all that sort of stuff. So, leading up to the, the final, as I said, I was coming back from a hamstring injury and I was thinking, oh, I need to play in this. Uh, there's no way I cannot. And obviously, Leo had been playing, and I'm like, I need to train like an absolute beast here and I did. I was going tonto every single session I'm talking about giving everything and to be fair it gave me the go. but we watched Arsenal semi-final, I'm sure it was Redding, went a extra time I think and I was going by the way we've got a chance here. Arsenal aren't, they aren't all that, they aren't all that. I said we've got an opportunity to win this. So obviously the day of the game you're driving in, you see the support, it was like, goosebumps, man, my like absolutely mental. It was carnage. Uh, the boys were all up for it. I knew within five minutes when they won. And that's not me saying that anybody gave up. Yeah. I'm just saying the way they started, we needed to be 10 out of 10 and we needed them to be a seven out of 10. This is really the only way you're going to beat a team of that ilk. So within five minutes, the way they started, I just thought this is going to be a long day, and sure enough, we got honestly again at half time. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm I'm in a daze here. I think I'd, I'd kicked Sanchez, he'd scored yeah. the goal, that big long range one that Shea was that way, and it was just one of those days. I was thinking, we need a miracle here. It was difficult, difficult yeah, afternoon. Bad yeah. place to lose any Wimbler? Yeah. Shocker, aye. It's not for me personally. It's it's not the best place in the world. If I'm if I'm totally honest,
0: it's the relegation season. So so Tim's done enough to keep the job. Uh, well, he's got the job anyway. But he's he's carrying Villa into the um, into the new season and quite a, quite a transfer spree. Isn't there that summer? So foreign lads, yeah. Mika Richards, Jolene Lescott, Veretout, Adama, and people like that. Yeah. So there's probably about another ten or dozen players coming. So
1: I always remember uh, Gabby and Micah were like a couple of his favourites, and they get called in the office, and he's like, "Wait, you see this guy? We're signing Adama. Wait till you see him." Uh, so they've came out. Obviously, the meeting like they've had a wee meeting together, and they come out. and They're like, oh, "Wait, you see this guy, Barcelona? Oh my god! Oh my god!" and I, I don't. Nah, not, I won't. Say, I won't word it that way. But see if you could teach him the basics. It would be outstanding. Yeah. To this day, he's still not learn from me. Yeah. But the potential will always be there. Yeah. Right. So when we first seen him, I was like, "Oh my God, this guy is—he's a problem." As in, for defenders, he is a problem. He is going to be the next best thing. So fair play them, scouting them, getting them over, and all the rest of it. But. There was, as you said, a big turnaround in players and it was, it seemed like Tim had thought we need that experience, that Premier League experience, we need the kind of heads that know how to get us through seasons and I mean that that was, again, I I know I had a couple of difficult seasons out the team but that was a difficult season in the team. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was that was a tough one.
2: Were you playing under Remy Guard as well, did you? No.
1: Yeah, I still remember even the first game against uh, Man City. Yeah, we no, drew no. with them. No, no. It was probably one of the or better performances, even as a, a, a defence. It was one of the the better performances. But Remy Gard man, does, I mean, I I, I I don't really know where he came for or anything, and he just tried to change everything. And as as many four managers I've I, I've had, well, like, I. I get it, tactically, and all the rest of it, it's different, they come from a different culture. But all this like, running, you need to be fitter, you need to do this, and it kind of took your mind away from what the actual end game was, was winning games. Like we we're we getting beat in games and coming back and then running around the car park because he's getting us into trouble. The kids are in at night, by the way, and the families are all up looking out the the, the, the windows at us. We're coming off the bus and running run the training ground. In the car park Because like, he's annoyed yeah. I was like This isn't going to end well And sure enough I mean it didn't I, I don't think many people Had got on with him I think he was in an appointment We had a lot of Kind of French Younger kids at the time uh, Veritou, Amave All they kind of guys And I think uh, It was maybe a case of Can we get the best out these place? Because there was yeah. no doubt In their talent yeah. I mean you look at some Adrissa Ganaghi like Where he is now Where he's been yeah. uh, Amave Where he's been uh, Veritou So the scouting network had worked. They just couldn't get the best out of them at that moment in time, which
0: is a shame. It's really weird. I'd forgotten about Remigard. It's a really, really weird one because I think it was probably that, like you say, trying to kind of mould a continental dressing room. And was it Tom Fox and his Arsenal connections as well? Had had Wenger put him in touch with it? It
1: was something like that. It, It was one of those crazy ones where it's like, it's who you know not what you know and it just popped up and he had this fitness coach i can't remember his name now he was like, a, like honestly he was like a little just bulldog and he just wanted you to run everywhere and run and he would he was dead aggressive with it so if you say that to me you know the type of player you're dealing with here likes gabby and all these guys and they would just bite back would just be shouting matches and th- everything and Remy guards like shaking his head and walking away at the training and everything. And I'm going, it's like, I don't know, it's just like a, a, a train without a driver. I was like, this is not going to end well. What, what stage
0: of that season did you know we were doomed?
1: When he came in. Honestly? I just didn't think he was the right... That's harsh, right? So the f- obviously that first game he really set us up and he kind of really dialed us in on what he wanted, like defensively aggressive, but he wants to play with the ball. And, and I was saying, like, okay, right, fine. But when the results didn't really go our way, you kind of seen the real him, and it was it was more. He seemed as if he was kind of panicking about about it, and it was like it was our fault, not his. And when there was any sort of confrontation, he would be like, oh, and he'd just walk away and turn around from me and everything, and I'm like. That's just not going to sit well I don't think
2: How no. I, I, was he with Jack at the time? Obviously the team was great with
1: Jack See certain players In every team They get away with certain stuff It's just how it is It's how football is Every single team has them Jack's that guy right? There was certain times Certain things happened And it, it was fine It was like As long as you give me it on the pitch Just give me it on the pitch Keep it for that And Remy wasn't that guy It was like It's my way yeah. Or it's no way and people didn't like that. Mm. Some, you need to see, for, I think, for a good manager, good mad management. You need to know how to handle certain players, an arm round some, some a kick up the backside, whatever it may be. You need to know that. And it was just no, this is my way. Yeah. And if it's, if you don't kind of adhere to that, see you later. So did the relegation kind of weigh heavily on you? Massive, massive. Remember all the end with the Joel and the escort in the car and the the, t- yeah, the tweet and then the getting an interview. And you know, arts. Phil's, he is the nicest guy You would do anything for you, absolutely anything for you. And for that to come out, and he genuinely, it was a mistake that the car got out there. It was a genuine mistake. I know they went into saying, well you'll have to do this and press this and press that. It was a mistake and his team had said, we'll say you got hacked. And he was like, no, I'm not lying. He said, and you don't have to make a life, mate. He could have easily said, right, okay, and everything would have been fine, but he was like, no. So they were kind of on him at the end, and then he done an interview, I think, was it after the Man U game? I
0: think it was just clumsy wording, wasn't it? He just said That's it was a it was. Off, off the shoulders. He didn't mean it It like didn't
1: that. didn't mean, but you you then need to remember, I mean, he's an experienced guy, he's played at the highest level. The fans are absolutely raging. So we, like, we were devastated. Like, you obviously don't see that, but absolutely devastated this club. I've been like that with him. Yeah. Like, I would do anything for them, especially now, but... Uh, it was just meaning it's been hanging there for so long. Things hasn't been going right. It's finally happened, and it kind of it's done now. And then the wording sounded shocking. Yeah. And then it just
0: after that was just well, like just fa- chaos. Fans are raging anyway, by Then so anything just yeah, pours, just feel it just sure feeling the fire. It.
1: Exactly, exactly. Just kind of kept it stoked. So it was uh, it was it was a difficult time.
0: It's the end of the season. Villa relegated. Tim Sherwood's been and gone Remy Garth's been and gone Eric Black has, yeah. has been and gone and out of nowhere Dr Tony um, Dr Tony comes in um, actually let's start with that did you get much chance to, to interact with him? <sighs> what a strange guy
1: we have seen him <laughs> once or twice but excuse me, I thought it was his interpreter we have seen, we've seen him more he was always floating about the, uh, the training ground and stuff but I just found it that was a real strange time. Like, it was this business guy that came in and he was going to turn everything around and he had the money to spend and everything. So it was kind of like, right, okay, we're going to make a charge at this. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, down, nightmare. But you know what? Go and win this league and batter it. Straight back up, everybody on side, winning games, happy days. So it was positive. It was a very positive start. Did you. <laughs> we only met- In
0: pre season. Yeah, it's, was he was he much of a presence? Cause you'd see photos of him standing on the side of the training pitches occasionally. Uh, no, not really.
1: If I'm if I'm brutally honest, he uh, tried to be. So he felt that there was a little bit of the British players and the rest. That's what he thought. So we were away. I think we were in Austria, possibly. So he'd taken the likes of me, Gabby, a few others, and he said, look, he says, this is what I think it is. He said, make sure, because he'd noticed when we were coming down to dinner that maybe all the kind of French speaking boys were down one end, all the British, if you want, were up the other. He said, I want you to interact with them and and get things moving. We need to be on the same page. And I was like, fair play. He spotted it for day one. He's trying to fix something. So what we do is we made sure we were down early so it was like, me, I'd sit there, Gabby would sit right down there, another boy would sit right down there. So there was no way that, do you know what I mean? That, uh, you'd have to mingle. Yeah. So I can't remember for the life of me who it was, but one of, the, one of the foreign boys came down and he went, he looked, he was just thinking, strange us. So he then started pulling seats out and putting more seats in there. Yeah. And I went, problem. I said, this is a problem and we tried to kind of speak about it, he could never quite get over it, but he tried to be a presence in terms of like, he'd obviously he'd had that time at Chelsea and stuff, and he was doing stuff like, Scotty Sinclair came down with flip-flops on, and he had this rule that whatever he said you had to wear, you had to wear it. So if it was shorts and a t-shirt, certain obviously colors and all that, and if you were wrong, you'd get fined. The fines were like 250 quid for wearing flip-flops to dinner. The boys were going mental. Because if you weren't in at a certain time to find out what you would to wear, you were coming down, you would going, 50, 50, 50, and <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> we were going, I think a couple of us had to end up pulling him and saying, look, yeah. you can't do this, it's just going to get silly, but I don't know, I just remember going into his uh, office once or twice, and he used to smoke these wee foreign cigarette things, mm-hmm. and you'd chop his door, but, you never really wait until he says come in or whatever. It's just like one of the ones that's like talking. Yeah. "Gaffer, can I speak to you?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I know." It's like, "Don't worry about it. I know it's fine, whatever." But uh, I kind of had a strange—I'll tell you quickly—I kind of had a strange start with him. So I played all the preseason games. Uh, everything went really well. I, I was playing at a decent level. And you we played Luton away. So I think that was the. We played Sheffield Wednesday, I think, the yeah, first game of the season. Minute, yeah. Yep, and then we played Luton, I think, in the cup mid, and he changed the team. So basically, the, he took the starters out, put the other boys in, and we were getting an absolute hiding, yeah. right? And then he took a couple of the starters, put us back in at half-time, I was one of them, uh, and it obviously didn't go well. And then, was it the next game? Richard Alat had come in. Mm. Right, so I'm going, this is the strangest thing ever. I says, but I, again, They did get some right good boys in there, Richie was one of them, right good guy. And I'm going, that's awful strange. And then I think we played Knott's Forest at home, I think Ross McCormack scored that day. And I was in stand. So I'm going, I've went full circle again. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've went. Yeah. Out the team, like, out, out the team, worked my way back in, I'm now in the stand, and I'm going, oh, my God, what is going on here? Like, losing my head, and I, I, I genuinely can't believe it, how I, how I ended up there, because I was like, I've done the whole pre-season, you've rested me for that game, you brought me on for 45 minutes, we get beat or whatever, and now I'm in the stand. It was it was a strange time, but he's a strange character.
0: Mm. Obviously, he doesn't survive long, does he, Di Matteo? And then Bruce comes in. And you're pretty much in favour, aren't you? I think uh, A lot him. of the time under, under Bruce. Loved him. A lot of people
1: didn't see what he'd done in the background. And it was difficult towards the end. I really felt for him. But uh, he looked after all his staff, got them all tickets, took them out for food. Anything they needed, he was there. Like, what a guy. Absolute. Man management, yeah. 10 out of 10. That being said, I didn't play his first game. And he knew it because I was absolutely going mental. And he knew I was angry, but to be fair to him, he spoke to me. He just said, look, Alan, I've just come in. I'm gonna play Micah right back. Uh, I just, he gave me whatever his, his reason was. And I said, he said, but you're in, you're in my plans. And I went, cool. So I just took that red rag to a bull for me. I'm gonna go mental here and target back the team. As in, I'm gonna train hard, I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna show them. ultimately, I knew at that point in Micah's career, it wasn't, he wasn't a right back. Do you know what I mean? He was—he yeah. was, was a big guy. He was a centre half. When he was younger, he was—they had a, a slight knee issue. Yeah. I knew that he, he probably wasn't capable of going up and down, up and down, up and down all day. And I'm pretty sure he came off that game. Did uh, he? Was no, he did. Was who were we playing, Was it Wolves? Was it one one draw? Uh, I think we played Wolves, and he played it right back, and he got—I think he got cramp or something, or something happened, and he came off, and I went on, and then I played from there. But an amazing guy had an. Unbelievable relationship with him, uh, even when I was in and out at, at times. I played that season at left back. Uh, Elmo came in, uh, chopping and changing, playing here, playing there, off for of this one, in for that one, up and down like any other manager. But he would always explain stuff to you and see, "He's a footballer. That's all you want." Like, I can take it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you've got something, I can take it. Don't hide it from me. And he was that guy. James Chester comes in, like an, an absolute tank of a guy, that knew what it was all about, and knew he had to be physical, Elmo, for what he brought, he, he just wanted to put the ball in the box, like these kind of guys, he, he knew what it took to get out of there, and he had a way with people, that you would always give him everything, where someone, Di Matteo, uh, Remy Gard, all these guys, you were thinking, what are that? No, I'm not, I'm not doing that, or whatever, where Bruce just had this way with people, that he could just get you to give everything, and, and everybody bought into it, and you, we, we had something there, we had a team, Terry and that coming in? Yeah. I right. mean, come on, like, that was mental. Like, when he walks in and you're going, that's crazy. We're all sitting down, he sits up and does this speech, this big speech, he's like, I'm here to win. Like, I'm a winner. Right, and it was like a big Braveheart speech, yeah. one of them, and we were all sitting there like, yes, yeah. yes, let's go, let's do this, let's start the season. No, it was mental, it was absolutely, I could never have played that season at left back if he wasn't there, yeah. simple as that. Mm. I've told him that when I retired, right, there is no way I would have went through that season. This guy at the start, and at certain times, would talk you through a game. Stay, Alan, stay, stay, tuck in, two yards, two yards, one yard, right, go, 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 all out. And he would just like, all oh, that, it yeah. just get, constant boom 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 and you never get tired of it? Yeah. so that was the reason i, I was able to play there
0: do you think the arrival of terry kind of elevated this not, not saying the standards were poor but elevated the standards in the dressing room if somebody who's achieved what he can do is coming in and still grafting every day out every day in day out we've got to do it ourselves
1: absolutely uh, his standards were so high down to what we ate like he, he had that power to change what we ate at lunchtime like uh, Hotels where we stayed And I don't mean it in a Like him being in a fancy or I've come That Not that As in If you want to get to that level This is what you need to do To get there And he knew what it took And, and everybody bought into it And he was amazing Added in like Snodding know them Like guys like that coming With experience Like Premier League experience Like we had some team Really when you think about it
0: yeah. Why do you think that team Just fell short Under Steve? <sighs> Honest, that that game against Fulham.
1: I'm right. How do I explain this? Like, right. So, see on the pitch, I can be emotional and I can get my head can get away from me and all the rest of it. Off the pitch, not at all. Like, I'm not really that emotional. Like if certain things happen, touch with it doesn't. But I'm just meaning like I'm not really an emotional guy. Finished that game, went up to the players' room. Family was all sitting in a corner, light like, on a table. Kids looked at me, started crying, and I just boom went. Yeah. Just couldn't, I was like, I didn't even know what took over me. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, what is going on? That, we just fell short. They, they were just that team that I think just, even throughout the season, they just had a little bit more than us. And Sessignon and, and all they kind of guys, it was, it was difficult. It was a hard one to take, especially the goal. came down my side and I still look back in it and I'll never make excuses for me. I, I should have covered in. Technically, is is difficult for me. Like right going to left, it was a hard one. It was a hard pill to swallow. Mm. And everything that came after that, I'm talking about. Like, I was hearing rumours that the club was going under.
2: Yeah.
1: Like so, I was out of contract that year as well. So, <laughs> I'm having conversations with Brucey after the game. Gaffer, what's happening? What's happening? What like? my deal on that because we'd been speaking running up to it yeah. he's like and i said look he said i don't know what position we're in he said people are going to lose their jobs he said this is bad he said bad he said the way i'm hearing that he's like boys are lucky to get paid because the the, the tony via guy god knows what he is or where he is or i mean i don't even know if he had money scary, I, I genuinely scary. don't i don't know how he managed to do what he done so I went away on holiday that, that summer with the panicking, absolute panic, because I love this, but I still do. I still come and watch him, it's a huge part of my life and it forever will be. So I was desperate to stay, so I had the worst holiday of my life, because I was on the phone every single day to the manager, uh, to obviously my agent, anybody that would listen to me from the club, Sharon, uh, the secretary, like, I'm talking about anybody, I would speak to anybody. Mm. What's happening, what's happening? We don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And then, I don't know how it came about, but they managed to get a deal together. And again, uh, 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 it was nowhere near what was on. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I was obviously taking a, a, a big hit financially. And I went, fine, yeah. so that'll do me. I'm probably going further with a couple of weeks out. Uh, yeah. yeah. God knows what would have happened after that. Because we, we were due to get paid. I can't remember exactly when. It was, it was maybe like, I can't remember exactly, but they were going, don't know if you're going to get this. Like, that's, that's how close it was. And I know that's not the be on end all, because see, at the end of the day, that's why it was so devastating for all of us as players, because we had kind of been told that people are going to lose their jobs. These these are like guys in the kit room, the the, the staff, the women in the... The, the laundry, or the, the kitchen, or whatever. I had known for years and years, and they're all going to be they're there at that party after the, the worst party I've ever been to in my life. Everybody's sitting there, and they're all doom and gloom. Half of these people are going to lose, we're sitting there going, to, most of these are going to lose their jobs. Yeah. This, this ain't going to end well. So for it to go from there, like that's probably rock bottom, as a club if you want to then the following season, what happened, and then to where the team is now. I mean, it's absolutely, it's amazing. It's amazing to see.
0: So would the players, I mean, I don't know how to phrase this, but would the players have rejoiced the same way that the fans would when obviously um, Wes Edens and Nassauers have come riding in from the sunset to save uh-huh. the club? And the big white horse. That's yeah. it, That's yeah. exactly, yeah. Would, would you have, would it have given you that, that kind of sense that actually we're we playing Fast and Villa again? This is- this is a, a club that's not on the brink that he's going places. Yeah,
1: because obviously the people in the know would exo- would know exactly how close it was. The fans would have a good idea. Outside of that, like, are you bothered about another person's club? Not really. So like, other people don't take notice of it. So obviously when the new owners come in and then they start bringing in players and uh, so that must have been... Terry didn't play the next season, did he?
2: No, McGin come in, Tammy. uh,
1: uh Ty.
0: Talk come halfway through, halfway didn't he? Halfway through So So you,
1: you get you one year, one year deal. Then did you? Yeah. Okay. So from then on, I was just one year. Yeah. So again, you're now. I'm thinking, oh my god, this is going to go to, to pot. To seeing these guys coming in, I was thinking, all right, we we could push again. Yeah. We could really push again next year. And obviously, ultimately, we did. It was very. It was so hard for me. I was on the roller coaster again, because mm. we played Stoke away that season and I snapped one of my, well I tore a bad tear in one of my ligaments in my my knee. Uh, I'll never forget it, against James McLean, he absolutely battered into me, my knee went and that was me done and I'd been told to go on holiday, I was like you can't do anything for it, there's a brace, go away on holiday. I'm sitting on holiday, I'm watching the game against Birmingham, the one Jack gets hit. Oh, yeah. And I am honestly going mental, like flinging hangs and all that. And it's like, calm down, Like people don't know you're watching. I say, no, he's just been punched. Because like, if I was there, I, I, that's something that would make me lose it. Yeah yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the hardest thing for me, obviously, with that season was by the time I recovered and got back, I think, Fala went on, was it 10 games, 10 plus games unbeaten? Yeah. They were flying. And I knew it. But that, I was raging is, in a way. Yeah. No, but no, like, but not raging. I don't want the team to do it. That's not what I mean. I'm raging because I'm not there. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, oh, like, they're brilliant, but this is rubbish. <laughs> but it's amazing at the same time. So uh, I tried, obviously, my best. I gave absolutely everything. And Brucey wasn't going to change it. The team was flying. Elmo was doing well. It was never going to
0: change. Well, it was Smith ball then, wasn't it?
1: Oh, so right, (laughs) of course, sorry. Uh, But um, he was never going to change it. And Jack was flying. They'd went through, obviously, that spell, winning all those games. It's the hardest game I've ever watched. To, for as much as it means to me, everything that happened last year, the emotion, what the club had went through, where they were at there, to have to sit in the stand and watch it and then try and really try had to really try and be part of it after I loved it the celebrations were amazing the fans were amazing lifting the trophy everything but you just there's something just
0: well we've, we've skipped a little bit here haven't we because we missed a match against Birmingham City <laughs> oh, yes. earlier in the <laughs> season which I've probably got about three or four questions about this um, so let's so the start of that season obviously missed out on promotion in the playoffs at Fulham the previous year on the brink you know Sawiris and, and Eden's come in there's a, a, a good vibe back you're playing quite regularly again still aren't you in that team
1: yeah but I, I always felt when brissy was there that he, w- he would give me a fair shot if, yeah. if I was up to it and I was playing well that I'd have a an opportunity of playing and he was always that guy like if, See if you've done well in training and you were giving it everything, it would give you a shot, and then it's up to you to take it. There's obviously there was times within there we would fall out. I remember falling out with met. Where was it? Where did we play? Did we get battered at Sheffield United? Something like that. Yeah. And and it went mental. To me and I bit back massively and we had this big argument. But do you know what? See the next day when we met, when we Monday morning. It was, for, it was forgot about because that's just how he, that's how he was as a man. But I always felt, like I said, that there, there's
0: opportunities to play. It's just who's, who's better at that moment. So obviously, Bruce gets the sack after that ridiculous match against Preston, which was the biggest roller coaster game I've seen. Obviously, the one where somebody's chucked a cabbage at the manager as well, just to make it even crazier. Then Dean Smith's come in. Did you, did you know Dean Smith previously at all? Eh. Uh, not really. I wasn't sure
1: and what to expect, if I'm totally honest. I mean, as, as things went, you, you kind of find it out more that yes, he's, he's, he's obviously a boyhood club and his dad had a season ticket and, and all that sort of thing, so you knew how much it meant to him. You could tell. See how somebody talks? Like, see if you just come in from a, a, another club and it's like, well, this is how we're playing and this is what's happening. You could actually tell that it really meant something to him. And you could feed off that. Like you, you wanted to do well for him as well.
0: What was he like? I we um, seen bits of him, you know, as fans and, and that, and seemed like a real kind of warm guy. What was he like to, to play under?
1: No, he was good. I, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, had a good time, obviously, under his leadership. I felt maybe at times he got maybe too close to some of the players, yeah. uh, and that's not. I don't mean like being a fan. I just mean. This is only from the outside looking and I could be totally wrong, but I just mean like sometimes when there was maybe a big decision to make, can you make it? Because you are very close and very tight. Sometimes you see a lot of managers that, that separate themselves and keep it, right, you're the players, I'm the manager, whatever. But I think ultimately what he done, it, like that, that's what he was brought in to do, wasn't it? And he got the best out of a lot of those players there, especially like so Jack and, and guys like that. So I enjoy my time under him.
0: So, talk us through this goal at Villa Park. Then um, I've got the commentary from from the BBC. The commentary is the best thing. Best but best. I want yes. before before I read it to you. You're a co-commentator now. How would you commentate on that goal? Oh God! Well, it
1: would be difficult because I'd be the co- co-commentator, so I'd be speaking after the event. Right, like, so the actual guy, the commentator, I'd be with would be doing that bit, and then I would have just be like, I'd have been in shock probably, yeah, yeah. but. That's something that's like once in a lifetime. Like there's, there's certain things that I'd have loved to have done. Score for Scotland. Score against Celtic. Score against Birmingham. Right, so I've ticked one of them off. So uh, like that is that sits well with me. But it's, it's not like I set out to do that. Like do you know what I mean? I just remember it. The ball it was. I think it was a pass. A long. It was like a tackle or something. It, it got to me. That was always a thing for me. Like kind of powerful running going forward. So as I'm going forward run 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 and i can't remember who it was he tried to nudge me in the back like to kind of put me off balance but it it just went like just it was like partner of the red sea it just opened up yeah. and normally i get a nosebleed as you would probably see like <laughs> if you look back like that's not my like i like get to a certain area and then cross it or give it off to like one of the players that you know going to do damage so getting there was a bit strange for me and then when you you start cutting inside, like the defender actually showed me into the space, I know it's on my left foot, but I got to an area where I'm thinking, didn't even mean to get here, because I actually was thinking I'm going to pass it before, like, I'm looking for an opportunity to pass, and before you know it, I'm in the box, cut onto my left, and I'm like, well I'm here now, I, d- I genuinely <laughs> probably, like, being honest with myself, if I could slow it down, would I thought it, would have went in, no, absolutely not, but, Oh, and it's, it's when i seen that net ripple. I mean, so looking back on it, like, it's one of those ones where you actually kind of go, fair enough, and then that was me crowd, I'm in. Australian in, in there. End, yeah. Oh, aye. It was no stop me. I was like, I'm in. It was <laughs> like the whole goal. I scored against Hull and I'd done the same thing. Like, I just, that's when I talk about the emotion when I'm playing. Yeah. Like, that comes out. So, uh, there was only one place I was going and that was in that, that whole end.
0: So, having gone the, the, say the length of the pitch, three quarters of the length of the pitch, Having having done that, how did you have the presence to just kind of stroke it with your left peg?
1: Because it was all I could do in my left, I think. I mean, normally it's for standing on, so I was thinking I'd, there's, an, there's an opportunity there. Like is it A little bit lucky than design, if, if I'm totally honest. It's it's worked out brilliant. Like, don't get me wrong, Like, obviously I tried to do that, but really thinking about it, I think it would come off no, but like I said... It's one of those one in a million, probably. If after that, if I tried it a million times, I wouldn't have done it. But it was just, everything just lined up perfect for me. Back in the night, ticked it off, and I was just, see, I don't really remember the game after that, if I'm totally honest. I don't really remember. I just remember that happening, going mental in the dressing room Mm -hmm. right do you know what I mean it was was a weird one Uh, it was weird Uh, it was strange
0: just talk us. so we've we've touched on it slowly and I'm glad you broached the subject early so I didn't know how to ask it in terms of you get injured five minutes into Stoke (laughs) disappear stage left Villa go on a 10 10 game winning run so you're on holiday for a couple of games of that when Jack scores the winner and gets punched at St Andrews Where were you for the rest of it? Were you travelling with the team? No, because I was just training. I I knew I had to get
1: back. I I can't remember how many games were left from when I'd done it, but I knew it was going to be tight. And I kind of really tried to ramp up the the recovery. Ollie Stevens, who was the the fitness guy at the time, I'm talking about working all day, every day, like, to, to try and get back. But when this is happening, like, obviously, I'm watching the games or I'm going to the home games or whatever, and it's goal after goal. Jack's absolutely flying. Was that the one with Derby?
0: So he came yeah, back the dark, I think Derby was the first part of the run. Dean, would give him the, the armband. I uh, of course. That. that goal, I, then... I actually forgot about that. That's when it really
1: kind of kicked on from there, was not it? Because it was a big decision that to, to obviously. He was captain at
2: the time. You had the band for a bit I think i have no, had
1: it on yeah. like on and off the odd time But it was never actually yeah. given to me But that that was fine I mean it was a, just an honour to have it Those certain, certain times for me But Jack really kind of took it to the next level When he was given it But always turning up You know I, I'm sitting on my knees in agony And you can see the teams You can just feel it Something's just. You can feel something's happening mm. That momentum And it's grown. And I got back quicker than I should have and I was pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself. But I knew I knew I wasn't going to get in there. I think I was the captain of the team in the last game of the season. I think yeah, it was, it was Norwich. at Norwich. Yeah. But we obviously know what, what's coming up. So I knew I, I, I wasn't going to be involved. I just had to kind of take it in the chin. But it was a real, it was a difficult day. Yeah. But real, real difficult. Going to the game, the atmosphere, the build-up, the dressing room. Seeing the pictures of the players everywhere. That, do you know what I mean? It was... You have to kind of keep it together, because it's like, yeah, she's all in it together, and there is no way I'm not that type of person. I would never be in a mood or show my emotion in a bad way that would affect that team. I would never have done that. So you have to be a kind of sort of a cheerleader and, and get on with it. But sitting watching, I mean, it was the hardest game to watch literally ever, right? Because you just, you know, what you've went through the season before, uh, you never want to feel that way again. Uh, and obviously, when we won, it was a brilliant, obviously victory and stuff. But even when I was on the pitch, I just felt there was something missing. As much as I loved it and I loved being with the fans and the trophy and up on the the bit picking it up and your winner's medal and all the rest, of it, I just felt something was missing. And it was hard. It was hard. But that was the right decision. Right? I'm not like going against any sort of decision. Yeah. That was the team was the best team to win that game so uh, that all sits well I mean just from a personal point of view it was difficult to, to really feel involved I mean I don't get I did after a few drinks I felt yeah. right involved <laughs> but at that moment in time it was hard
0: I can imagine that fear of missing out right in the in the moment is difficult but have you had a chance since then to take stock and almost kind of a, just be proud of yourself for, for the contribution that you made in the run up to that in the course of that season yeah of course because
1: at the end of the day like you don't just go to the playoffs and play that one game. Like you, you have to go through the full season to get there. So you play your part. Uh, and through injury or through form, whatever it may be, you, you play, you might not play, you have to go through these periods. But I did feel part of the team and part of the squad and I'd done my bit that season. But just that one special moment that you you want to be part of, it was just difficult. It was just... So i ah, like, oh, that's brilliant, but oh I'm not happy sitting here like you know, what I mean it's just it's just hard to take. For me at that age, so do I you mean what, 34? I mean, you look at Ashley Young, I mean I'm just talking nonsense <laughs> in a moment, but at that moment back to the Premier League, you know there's going to be heavy investment. The chances of me saying a new deal, I thought they were gonna be very slim. Uh, but also, again, you go back to like experience, whatever being good around the place, I still thought there was an opportunity. You know, in the back of your mind, I'm not going to play week in, week out, I'm probably going to bring somebody in, but I was unsure at that moment.
0: When did you know that you were leaving Villa and then following that, when did you know that your kind of time, time yeah, the so was done?
1: I had a meeting with the manager and it kind of, I'd say it haunts me to this day, like they give you some sort of letter your name in it. I can't even remember, I think I scrambled it up and through it in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. It was like basically saying like you're kind of no longer with them type thing and, and I wish I'd said more. I was that kind of choked up about it all. I know for a fact I could have been good within that squad, especially that first season. I know I wouldn't have played every week, I'd have probably been somebody you could rely on if you needed to, but experience, good round of players, keep standards high, all that sort of stuff, I could have done no problem. And you, you, I'd like to think you would know the type of person I am like Money wasn't the be-all and end-all when I was at Villa Because I was taking cuts to stay there and all that So I would never have went Oh well, if you're going to give me another year It's in the Premier League this time So I, want, like, I, I wouldn't have I went That wouldn't have been the conversation I'd have taken what I was on that year in the Championship In the Premier League No bother And I'd have been that guy I wish I'd tell him all that Yeah because I had a conversation with John McGinn probably eight months after six, eight months after and he had, had a conversation with the manager, Dean Smith, at the time and he said, I think I've made a mistake because they, they needed a little bit of help, I think Yeah. going back, there was a turnover of players and everything, and I think I could have I, I I helped
0: It was a rookie dressing room in terms yeah, of Premier League
1: It was, so I think I could have helped in that way uh, and that kind of hurt me, thinking I was desperate to stay and see if I just maybe pushed it just a little bit, mind, and just tell them what I was thinking. It Maybe could I sway them? Maybe not, but it, it might have. But I was getting offers. Millwall, Wigan, uh, Middlesbrough. But there was, there was offers there. And I don't know what, I just I, I found it really hard to move on from where I'd been for such a long time. And see when you go through all those ups and downs, like you feel like a pure strong connection, even now to this day, I bet you I could walk in there and I could park my car in the car park, I could walk in the bit where the players walk in, there'd be the same people there, how you doing Alan, how you doing? I've been there, part of the furniture, that's how I feel and that's how I wanted to be at a club. Mm. So for me to go away to one of these teams for one year, I was like, I'm not going to ship my family somewhere for a year and then go somewhere else for a year and then pop there because, when you're 34 and a bit like, they don't start, oh, right, no problem, we'll give you three years. Or oh, we'll give you two years. And you say, right, okay, it's, it's probably worth it. But I just didn't feel the need to dot about for three, four years. If I knew what I knew now, after the COVID situation, i shutting down, I had a sign for a team. And then yeah. <laughs> I, went, yeah, yeah. And I just went and sat in the house whatever everybody else. But no, uh, that's kind of when I made the decision, going into, I think it was the January, February time, because I had options and I, I kept on turning them down. And I didn't really want to listen to any. And partly because of the Villa situation and partly because of the family situation. So now there's a bit of distance between you, you
0: leaving the club. Um, eventually. Eventually got you out the door, <laughs> didn't that? Yeah.
1: Uh, um, I tried for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, nowhere.
0: <laughs> How would you reflect on it then, that, that kind of roller coaster. Was it eight, eight or nine years in the end? Yeah, I would never have changed. Well, I,
1: I say that. <laughs> but what you go through makes you the person that you are in my opinion, and I went through some tough times and it kinda got me ready for what was coming up. Proper roller coaster, highs, lows, emotion, everything. Like, absolutely, in those eight years or whatever it was, I went through absolutely everything you can imagine, from good to bad, and would I change that? Like, it's a lie if I say no. Of course <laughs> I would change certain bits, but it is what it is, and I loved, all the moments after that like that that was special from the from the area the, the people I met the close friendships that I've got the bonds that I've got with the, the club I don't have that we like Tottenham, or the other clubs I, I went to. like the only one like so Rangers is my team right yeah. but now like, my pals laugh because I'm always like I've this and Villa's doing that and Villa, <laughs> and then they're, they're going for Europe this year and like I're going hold on a second right like, who are you supporting <laughs> and but that's how, how how what it means to me now Right, so there's a special part and obviously my heart for, for Villain will always be there and it's along with Rangers that's that's how highly I hold it and I would never change
0: it I think the the only thing to say is just to kind of thank, thank you so much for your time and it's, it is I, mean, I don't know whether Netflix have been on to try, try,
1: <laughs> try and get the uh... it would be great honestly see if I could remember some of the day-to-day stuff and the stories like you wouldn't believe like with certain managers certain things that happened and uh, just a quick one for to tell you, sorry man. <laughs> uh, it was a uh, remember like the, the Sherwood kind of era. It was a uh, things kept on leaking out. People kept on finding it like the team and all that. He Thought his room was bugged. <laughs> <laughs> like, I swear to God like these are the lengths that went to like people in checking the gaff for any sort of and leaks and moulds and all. I was like, oh my god, it's like so popular. Anyway, but like, there's millions of these stories like that. But uh, sometimes. The Gabby situation, Meroy Roy Keane, all that, like, when I think back and actually think about it, some brilliant teammates that have had fights with each other, big windmilling sessions, and it's crazy, ups and downs, it's brilliant though, it's oh, honestly really, brilliant.
0: Mate? No, listen, it's, it's a credit to you that you've, I don't know, found the strength of character really, to, to go through, and listen, I know I know these people in walks of life who, 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 who go through all t- types of things, but for you to follow that narrative and to come out of it with your kind of cult hero status you know kind of fully intact is a a credit to you it really is
1: oh cheers no i love it like i said the the relationship i've got with the fans is 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 something special and i feel it i feel that kind of that bond with them when they're singing their name there's there's nothing better in this world like when the stadium's all up in a roar, and uh, it just kind of drives you on
0: so, yeah, Alan, just wanted to say thank you, for, thank you for being such a good sport. Thank you for the, the, the dedicated service that you, you gave Villa, uh, even though you never played for two years. Um, but it's been a, been a pleasure to catch up with you and hear, hear all the stories. So, uh, yeah, and until next time, you've been watching Clown and Blue Podcast with me, Matt Kendrick, and Ashley Priest, and the, um, the cult hero that is the Scottish Cafu, Super Alan Hutton. Cheers. Thanks, Alan. Thank you.